work hard, smart, and fast. This is the Entrepreneur Way with Neil Ball, unlocking the secrets of successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. Subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter at Neil D Ball. Napoleon Hill said the power of the mastermind is the driving force. To discover how you can unlock the potential in your business using the power of a mastermind, go to mastermindunlimited.com. And now, here is your host, Neil Ball. Hello, it's Neil Ball here. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Entrepreneur Way. The Entrepreneur Way is about the entrepreneur's journey. The vision, the mindset, the commitment, the sacrifice, failures and successes. I am so excited to bring you our special guest today, Bimal Shah. But before I introduce you to Bimal, I have a quote for you by Yuri Kochiyama. Life is not what you alone make it. Life is the input of everyone who touched your life and every experience that entered it. We are all part of one another. The Entrepreneur Way asks the questions, so we all get the insight, inspiration and ideas to apply in our businesses. Bimal, welcome to the show. Are you ready to share your version of The Entrepreneur Way with us? Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here and I thank you for the opportunity. My whole passion is, you know, making pioneers out of entrepreneurs. So would love to share and talk about my passion and uh, answer your questions. Bimal, you are very welcome. I'm delighted that you're on the show today and I'm looking forward to learning what it takes to turn an entrepreneur into a pioneer. I don't think anyone's ever talked to me about that before. So this is going to be very interesting. So let's do it. Bimal Shah is on a mission to deliver breakthroughs to entrepreneurs by reaching their three-year goal in one year through customized systems of coaching, planning and accountability that provide security from the enemies of prosperity. The CEO of Rajpath Achievers LLC is founded on three platforms, Thrive, Transform, and Transcend. Bimal, can you provide us with some more insight into your business and personal life to allow us to get to know more about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So, um, you know, I come from a state in India, Gujarat, which is, you know, passion is entrepreneurship. And there are many Gujaratis around the world who are entrepreneurs and very successful entrepreneurs. So uh, I, I believe that every entrepreneur that is born on this planet has a mission like is, you know, is has to contribute by being a pioneer because when every entrepreneur is unique and different, that's when how the world evolves and everything happens. So that's that's what I believe and my mission is to make pioneers out of entrepreneurs. I'm obsessed with that result, just like many other entrepreneurs, you know, were obsessed with that. Um, 
and 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 make happen in the world you know so many great things that everyone can get bare fruits from so that's that's my life i'm obsessed with that you know i i have a great passion in making pioneers out of entrepreneurs the way i do it is help them achieve their three-year business goal in one year take them to the next level growth which is connected to their 25-year vision their five-year moonshot and convert it into three year and then take them into one year. And all this journey started um, back in when I was 13 years old and um, I was helping my family in business and uh, doing business when I was 13 years old and learning, um, you know, the, the rules of business. And in India, there is, you know, when at that time, you know, more than 25 years ago, the corruption and 30 years ago, actually, Corruption is uh, there and is still there, but at that time it was pretty high, and I was learning business the hard way. So that's that's my um, journey. And over here, I came back, you know, with empty pockets. I was born in Dayton, Ohio, when I was uh, two years old. I left back to India, grew up there, and joined family, uh, and came back here with empty pockets and started um, paid for my own tuition out of my own pockets. By working several jobs and then started uh, my entrepreneurship journey straight out of college. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for giving us that overview of your journey and where you're up to as an entrepreneur right now and what you do. You said something quite interesting there, I thought. Taking people's goals for three years and making it happen in 12 months. Can you talk about how you do that? All right. So what I do is um, I take first their long-term vision, which mm-hmm. is their 25-year character vision. So I imagine themselves, okay, imagine yourself to be an individual 25 years from today. What kind of an individual you foresee yourself, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, um, all of that. And, and then take it down to a five-year moonshot, what it will take, you know, to get to a moonshot in five years in your personal and business life, break it down to three years, and then have that statement written out of what would be a, a measurable in terms of goals, in terms of customers, sales, revenues, personal life, vacations, all of that, mm-hmm. time, everything. And then say, okay, how can we achieve this in the next 12 months? And I convert that into 90-day leaps, 15-day sprints, and weekly touch points. So I train entrepreneurs making a jump and making a leap every quarter. Mm -hmm. Even if you fall, even if you fail, we want to jump. We want to leap. And how we make that leap is I structure a system to consistently improve and take to the next level, bring changes, and take leaps after leaps every quarter. I work with them for four leaps. Then they get you know, habituated and system and to how to make those leaps. They, they have a system in place. Okay, this is how we make a leap successfully. And once when they're trained to make a leap, they make that leap every quarter. Okay, well, thank you for that. And who, who would be your ideal client? So I, I have a very unique, one of the things that, you know, uh, obsession is, I also do grants. So what my whole goal is helping entrepreneurs achieve their three-year business goal in one year and getting the government to pay for it, Um, which is an interesting problem and interesting thing to solve for entrepreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. So I get grants for businesses where these grants can help them scale the next level and they can utilize those grants to work with me. And by doing that, um, you know, there are specific criteria that 
the grants had to meet. And so an entrepreneur right now, you know, I want to think global, start local. So my ideal client would be in the state of Florida, you know, ideally in the tri-county, ideally with exactly 49 employees. <laughs> so that, that's how narrow I can get. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I have been successful at getting those type of clients. Wow. So why 49 employees? Because that's the maximum grant they can get up to. Oh, is it? Aha. So there is some, there is some method behind that. All right. That's interesting. What do you enjoy most about what you do? So I am obsessed with this result. You Mm -hmm. know, I am so dedicated and committed to this result of achieving the entrepreneur's three-year goal in one year, just like many other successful entrepreneurs who achieved. One of my role models is Elon Musk, who's obsessed with taking man into space or ordinary citizens into space. And Naveen Jain, who's, you know, obsessed with making a lesser choice. Um, So just like many successful entrepreneurs are obsessed with the result. Uh, This is the result I am obsessed with, and I will do whatever it takes to achieve that result. I'm ready to wear any hats, do anything um, to achieve that end result, Uh, whether it's being a therapist, whether it's being, you know, listening to the entrepreneur's own problems or whether it's uh, hiring the right people. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's training the employees, whether it's doing the marketing, whether it's being a project manager, whether it's taking into operations, whether it's building financial algorithms, uh, whether it's building hundreds of scorecards and systems, whether it's training on technology or whether it's uh, creating jingles. I created a jingle for a company to train blue collar employees. So it's kind of like funny, you know. Mm-hmm. You have to train different types of groups and different types of people uh, and take on different initiatives. And that that obsession is what drives me the most. And that's what I enjoy is that, OK, in in the journey to achieve this result, there's so much that needs to be done. That obsession is also what drives me to, you know, um, taking to the next level. And, and that drives me to do everything that I do every day. I was actually just going to ask you that question. What drives you to do what you do? Is there anything else? So, so, so you know, this is what I love. That, yeah. um, And many people say that, you know, you should uh, love what you do. I would say, um, you know, if you do what you love, you know, and love what you do, there's two synchronies. So there's two opposites to, to each one of them. And I would say love everything that you do. Because if you love everything that you do, you will find your skill set where you excel at and it will automatically evolve into being successful. And trying to discover what you love to do, um, you can all you spend a lot of time and not find whether you like this or you don't like this. But I take the opposite approach and say, do everything with passion, do everything um, with love and be tied into a result. And whatever it takes you to achieve that result, do that. And that's what drives me. How do you relax when you're not working in your business? So when I'm not working, I'm not working. When I'm working, people often see me as a workaholic that, you know, they they see you must be the craziest working guy. You never quit. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's how I am. You know, when I'm working, I'm like working like crazy. I never stop. Uh, but when I'm not working, they, when people see me, they say, oh, you must be the most free guy or lazy guy on this planet. So I'm totally disconnected. Um, you know, and that's the time we either go out on vacations, we're totally disconnected.
connected um, and and take even long vacations. Sometimes I've taken month long vacations, week long, four days, three days, um, weekend vacations, and I want to just spend time with family. And so that's that's how I relax, you know, take on activities, travel um, and, and, you know, usually time with family in the conversations with family, dinner time, movie times, uh, activities like that. Do you have any entrepreneurial role models? The biggest role model I have is Elon Musk. And I, whenever I see him, I see him Robert Downey Jr. as an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, he's the Iron Man of business. He's the Iron Man of the entrepreneurship world. And uh, he, his obsession with what he wants to bring uh, to the world is, is awesome. And I, and I, you know, that, that's who is my main role model. And I aspire um, him and what he does uh, as, a, as a person for this world and what he brings to the table. And, you know, he, he is uh, obsessed with the results that he wants to bring in. He does whatever he takes and what it takes to achieve that. He doesn't let anything come in the way. Bimal, we've talked about your business and your personal life. Now what we're going to do is go back in time and talk about the time before you were an entrepreneur. What difficulties did you have to overcome when you started your business? So when I started my business, like when I came here, literally I had nothing. So, you know, um, I had to work several jobs to pay my out-of-state tuition, which was hard, you know, like uh, imagine having nothing and, and having to come up with dollars $30,000 uh, to pay uh, for your out-of-state tuition mm-hmm. where I studied here. And um, that taught me a lot. You know, and that you don't um, need resources. Um, you can create your own resources because you are the biggest resource when it comes to doing anything. And we are our biggest asset. So I, I learned the big lesson that many entrepreneurs, you know, when they want to start a business, they try to seek capital. They say, well, I need this. I need a business. I need an office. I need this. I need money. Um, you know, you need you need customers. You need people who buy into you and what you do. And if you do that, you know, and if you find those, you can successfully begin your entrepreneurship journey. And one of the the earliest difficulties is, you know, I, I slept in the chair. And you know? I mean, I, I even though I was paying for a dorm, I never went to the dorm because I was working the night shift um, and I was working several jobs. But I graduated with 20K in savings. And that was the beautiful part that even though I came in empty, I came out positive. Well, you were massively ahead of lots of people there then, weren't you? Because most people leave university or doing some kind of course like that with lots of debt. Right. <laughs> I was a complete opposite. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Did you have any doubts that delayed you starting your business? So I share a, a story and how I had doubts and how, how I also overcame that. So one of the doubts is, okay, you know, I started in the financial sector, in the financial services. And I said, well, if I do start, you know, the biggest doubt was, will people 
buy from me? Will people do business with me? You know, that was one of the biggest questions. So what I did is I just drove around, stopped by every business and asked that same question, which was crazy. Like, you know, go in there and, and then also ask them, which company would you prefer doing business with? Mm-hmm. You know, so if I was associated with this company or that company, mm-hmm. uh, who would you rather prefer doing business with? And I got all those answers. I probably, you know, stopped by more than 200 businesses and um, and just introduce myself. I was lucky to have conversations with about, I'd say about 30. And, and then when I started the business, I was the number one, um, you know, rookie and I was, you know, in Sports Illustrated and first year in the business by the company. So, and because, you know, I had a audacious goal and mm-hmm. they said, well, you, nobody's ever done that. And, you know, that's crazy to even think of doing that. Um, you, you should have low expectations. And I, I didn't believe in low expectations for setting low goals. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, that's not my life. What mistakes did you make that slowed your journey? The biggest mistake that comes to my mind is partnership with relatives, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, and, uh, you know, in your business, you know, you may feel that, OK, you know, because you have a relationship with uh, your relatives or people, you know, you can trust them and, and you can do well. But that didn't pan out for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in partnership uh, is is very, very important. And, and I would strongly um, you know, suggest anyone who's trying to get into partnership with anyone to be very candid, truthful, transparent, and uh, make sure um, all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed and, and everything is transparent and cleared out from the very beginning because that was my biggest mistake that slowed me down. I lost almost two years in the journey and nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can be challenging sometimes, can't it? Yes. <laughs> so what? how would you do it differently if you had to do that again or if you were considering doing something similar? So if we and I, and I did that again uh, successfully and I'll tell a story. So we did yeah. start a partnership uh, uh, with someone who was not a relative. So one mistake I learned, don't go in with relatives. Yeah. <laughs> so go in with strangers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and it turned out to be good because, you know, you go through a partnership is like a marriage and um, and you go through the the whole thing about, OK, um, does everything make sense? And, you know, you openly ask difficult questions and overcome all the things about how you're going to maintain transparency. So that's how I did it differently is, you know, bringing in complete transparency from soup to nuts um, in the new relationship. So if um, if anybody or if I were to do this again, that's how I would start um, mm-hmm. and, and being completely truthful to both sides and making sure that, um, you know, both sides join hands to be working together, not to quit or not to leave each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how are you going to work together and, and answer every single question that your partner has. And, and ask every single question or difficult question that you have of your partner. doesn't matter what it is, uh, but get it out in the open in the beginning and in the get-go. Don't wait. That, okay, once we build a relationship, um, we will address it. No, that, it doesn't get addressed at that point. Mm-hmm. What was the effect on your relationship with your relative from being in business 
I would what I would what I did was very unique, which really helped me, you know, become uh, successful in the very first year and achieve the the goal that I wanted in the first 12 months, uh, which is go out and talk to your ideal prospects. You don't have to do business with them. Um, you don't have to sell them. You can get feedback from them. You can, you know, say, OK, this is what I intend to bring to the table what are your thoughts? You know, um, how would you how would you like to see this product or service pan out for you? What are some of the difficulties you face when you're trying to utilize this type of product or service? Uh, what are some of the challenges? Um, and then people will talk to you, okay? Um, because you they know that you know you're putting them as a consultant, as an advisor to you, not the other way around. Uh, you're not trying to sell them on anything. Um, and uh, they they appreciate that as well. So I did that, and it helped me structure, you know, what I needed to do afterwards. And and the second thing is, don't hesitate on hiring an assistant. You can't do everything yourself. So I know sometimes it feels like, okay, you know, it's going to cost money, but I can guarantee that it's going to save you a lot of money. Um, and it's going to free up so much of your time and you can focus working on the business if you're starting the journey. And in nowadays, you know, the world has evolved so much. You can have a virtual assistant and you can have this and that. Um, having an assistant, if you're a solopreneur starting out, it's an absolute uh, blessing. Bimal, we're now going to jump forward in time and talk about the time from when you became an entrepreneur. Do you think culture is important from the beginning in a business? Absolutely. No question about it. And you have to build that culture not only in yourself, but in everyone around you. Accountability is big for me. I am obsessed with results, and I built that same thing in the people I work around. I I can only listen to results. So, um, you know, I am very, very uh, big on that. That, you know, and, and also on daily results. Um, okay, what what did we accomplish for the day? What do we want to accomplish for the day? Are we on track on uh, achieving our long-term goal if we are achieving these results in this time? So that's a culture that one of the culture that I built. You know, we succeed and fail together. I have these 10 core values that, you know, we stand by. Uh, we work hard, fast, and smart. Um, so are we working hard? Are we working smart? Are we working fast? 
um, you know, and and I also have a, a formula on failure because you know failure is a key to success. You know, you shouldn't um, bring failure down. So I have a formula on failing successfully, and that's also built into the culture. You know, if we fail, okay, are are we meeting these conditions when we're failing? Okay, we failed successfully. <laughs> so. Uh, we take that to the next step. And so culture is an absolute given that needs to be there. And I see that missing in many companies when I go out there as a management consultant, as a coach. So one of the things that I do is, okay, let's build that culture. And sometimes uh, toxic culture can um, be dangerous and you need to remove that. I was with one company, you know, where there was like uh, just uh, two female employees and and everything, everybody else was men, and you know, they're, um, and they used to speak all kinds of language, which was not a good way to build a company. So there was a strong paragraph on language and how you speak and respect, um, and and that was everywhere in the company. And anybody who um, you know didn't do that, there was immediate grounds of termination, and that completely transformed the company. Mm-hmm. So what's the secret to failing then? All right, so let me share this because this is in a, a formula that I have and I okay. believe that every entrepreneur should use this. And it's an easy formula, very easy. Uh-huh. It's, it's four acronym, four alphabets, F-O-F-S. So fail fast. Okay, so so you want to define what fast is. You know, sometimes fast is a is a long period of time because of the product, the service, the research of what you have to do. So you, you know, you can't say, okay, if I fail in one day, it's fast. For some, it is. You know, so you have to define what that fast is from a time frame. Fail often. So uh, you don't want to take on one journey um, and then, you know, take on that for a long period of time and then you fail and that brings you down so much. But if you get in the habit of failing often, you will take that, okay, this is as part of my system. This is part of what I uh, grounded in culture. This is what we do. So, you know, we fail here. We learn from it. We move forward. The third, uh, the third acronym, I mean, the alphabet is forward. F stands for forward. So we don't want to fail backwards. We, when we fail, we want to step into something that requires courage. You know, you, you, you're jumping with courage. You know, you're, you're leaping with courage, with a leap of faith. You don't know what's going to happen, but you st- you're still going to leap anyway. Uh, and that leap, maybe you will fall, but you will get back up and you will learn. Okay. Next time, if I want to leap, these are the things that I want to, you know, uh, do and change um, and fail small. OK, the S stands for small. So you don't want to take everything that you have and put everything across and then fail. And then you have nothing to move forward to. So you want to designate what that small is in terms of dollars, in terms of resources, in terms of what you are putting across. And you want to define that. And when it comes to leaping, you know, you can't leap, you know, standing up. Like if you were to just stand up wherever you are you know, doing this podcast and, and just jump, you know, you you won't be able to jump that far. 
But if you take 10 steps backwards, 20 steps backwards, and you run up to that point where you need to leap, you sure can leap forward Mm -hmm. quite a bit. And if you had, so you you have to decide, okay, do I want to leap high or do I want to leap far? If you want to leap high, you need a stick, you need a lever, right? So you need a leverage of, if I want to leap high, that means going vertical in your business. And if you want to leap forward, means going volume in your business. You want to try and touch as many people as you want. So those are some of the things that, you know, I, I have when it comes to entrepreneurship and, you know, formula for failure. Thank you for that. No one's ever told me the formula for failure before. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I invented it myself, so I don't know, but it works for me. So I thought I would share with everyone. It's actually a really important thing to understand, isn't it? Because yes. everyone tries to avoid it, but nobody, a lot of people don't really define it. So to define it, it makes total sense to me. And even leaping, even leaping, when you leap, you know, you have to go several steps backwards yeah, yeah. in order to make the leap. I, I totally understand what you're saying. That makes, again, that makes sense. So, yeah, I like the idea of what you said there. How do you make sure that you hire the right people so that they fit with the culture in your business? So I've developed a unique process, a three-step process, which is easy. Um, you know, if I had uh, the screen share, I would share that, but it's very easy. The first step is I've created a very unique tool where it helps you, you know, build your dream come true employee. Um, it, it goes through six stages and asks you a lot of questions and you actually build your ideal dream come true employee without a title. So the first thing I said, let's kill the title because the title is the most devastating thing to give to an employee. Um, you know, it boxes you in. Mm-hmm. So we, we eliminate that and we just give that person a name and then we go through six stages in building that uh, employee profile. And then we help them find that individual in a week to 30 days and we put them and we in the right seat by building the uh, the right organization chart. So what I do is I build a future org chart of a company through their profit and loss statement. So I take their P&L statement and build a dream come true P&L statement of the future and say, based on this P&L statement, let's build the organization chart of the future. And, and let's, uh, you know, position. We will not worry about the titles, but we'll just, you know, describe roles and responsibilities in brief. Um, and then from there, we'll say, okay, this is the individual that will fit in this seat. And then we find that person. So that's a three-stage process that, you know, we use to find and put right people in the right seats. And I, I have a unique system where we can do this in 30 days. Knowing what you know now, is there anything that if you'd known it when you started out that would have helped you to shortcut the learning curve? I would definitely say start with a five-star prospect list, you know, knowing that, you know, that, okay, if I wanted to start my business, the who is so much important than the what or the how. Um, You know, and, and I would tell every entrepreneur, start with the who. That is so key. Um, who you want to serve, which is the target market that you want to uh, help, and and then build the what and the how. So once you find your dream, build that profile, um, you know, then the journey begins of your entrepreneur. 
um, as to what you want to serve based on what you can serve and what you know and say, this is how I can help them. This is what I can do for them. And this is what makes me unique. And this is what I need to say to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you start with that list. Um, and I actually, so now I, now that I know that, you know, I have started offering that to many entrepreneurs and building a five-star prospect list mm-hmm. and say, you know, before, you know, you start to build this list, it'll make your life easy. Yeah. You know, why go chasing around people that, you know, um, you're, you're like fishing in a net and trying to get catch all the fish and trying to sort them where you can go deep sea fishing with the right bait and catch the grouper. Mm-hmm. What about why? Does that come into it for you? Absolutely. The, you know, is very important. Like Simon Sinek says, you know, the why comes before yeah. uh, the what and the how. Mm. Um, and so that actually comes before the who, <laughs> mm. you know, because uh, uh, you need to have a passion. So my why is making pioneers out of entrepreneurs. You know, I strongly believe that God sent every entrepreneur to be unique and different from each other. And that's how the world evolves. That's how the world solves its problems and everything gets resolved because every entrepreneur and I imagine a world where every entrepreneur is needed. Everyone is needed and everyone is different from each other uh, and, and very unique. So everybody comes to that industry and mm-hmm. pioneer because so that's my why. That's what I believe in, making pioneers out of entrepreneurs. And that's how I started. Yeah. It's interesting, actually, because this, I mean, everybody talks about the Simon Sinek why and start with why and I'm currently reading the Jim Collins book, Built to Last. And yeah, I've read both his books. Yeah, and in that book, most of the companies that he studied didn't start with a why. They just started in, in most cases. They didn't even know what the product was. I mean, like Hewlett-Packard, for example, which was one of the companies in there, they had no idea what they were going to do. They didn't have a why, really. They just... They just got on with, they just decided they wanted to start a company and that's what they did. And yet now everyone talks about it being so important, yet so many of the companies in, in Built to Last didn't seem to start with a why, particularly. Right. So I'll share a quick story that might resonate with that. And yeah. um, one of the things is that solve interesting problems that nobody dares to solve. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the interesting problems was to how can, you know, my customers or ideal prospects hire or you, which is an interesting problem, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how I decided to capture the grants where, you know, look at grants and get resources and say, okay, well, you don't have to worry about that. And I built a connection and, and that made me very unique in how I, um, do this because there's nobody else. I'm the only one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get the maximum resources and grants for businesses, um, locally. So that, that's, uh, I would say that there are many companies when they're not focused on the why they probably are focused on solving a, a really interesting problem that they foresee, mm-hmm. um, and, and develop their, uh, solutions or products and services around it. How much does gut feeling influence your decisions in your business? So I'd like to distinguish between gut and intuition. Intuition is big uh, and it's different from gut. 
Okay. Intuition is when you just things don't add up, things don't seem right, things don't, you know, when you put all the dots together, they don't connect or the dots don't connect very well. And that is your intuition telling you that, you know, this is something's not right here. Your gut is something that just happens on the moment. Um, you just smell something fishy. Okay. Which is one of the things that, you know, my wife has big on gut. I'm on intuition. So we both work well together and they both are essential. Um, and I would say gut does not um, influence a lot of my decisions, but it does. And I do use it, uh, but I use intuition more often and it seems to work very well. What makes you uncomfortable as an entrepreneur? So initially when I started, you know, I had no resources and many entrepreneurs and they start there, they're starting with zero. Uh, so did I, and you bootstrap. So I had to, I had to, it's nine to five, nine a.m. to five p.m. and five p.m. to nine a.m. I didn't sleep, so that put me in a position. But two weeks, I had a big check and say, hey, it's over. My journey was only for two weeks of uncomfortable. <laughs> um, so now I'm comfortable and I can leave one and just focus on the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I. So every day now I say, well, you know, start your day by being uncomfortable because, you know, when you do that, you make courageous decisions and and you focus on things um, that can move forward. You know, busyness is easy. It's very easy to become busy doing things that, okay, just to do this, it will keep you busy. But when you stay busy, time flies and then you realize that, okay, I've been doing this for so long. I never actually, you know, grew the business to another level because I was just working in the business and being productive is a skill. It requires consistent mindset of asking yourself, you know, am I doing the thing that I need to do right now to take my business um, to the next level? Uh, Is this thing absolutely necessary for me to do it right now? Can I give this thing to someone else? Um, Do you know how would I delegate it to someone else? Um, You know, why am I doing this right now? What's a what's a better alternative to doing this that will take it further? Um, so, you know, consistently focused on your output throughout the day, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it takes skill, it takes mindset, it takes courage. And that's what I would suggest, you know, that it, people focus on and they will, they will start more delegating um, to their team members or outside. So what makes you uncomfortable now? Uh, right now, mm-hmm. you know, One of the things that does make me uncomfortable is that, you know, there's a lot of economic changes that are happening. And I often say, well, it's all the things that are on the outside. We have to focus on what's in the inside. And uh, that mindset shift to change that mindset shift, uh, it it takes time uh, when you're talking to prospects to convert them into customers because uh, they want to put things uh, on hold or put it aside until, um, you know, things can happen. Uh, what I've started doing that is, you know, f- building the focus narrow on who you want to target so that that time that is spent on trying to have that mindset shift uh, is less and less. So that's one of the things that 
has made me uncomfortable, but you know, I'm figuring out ways to overcome that. What do you think are some of the secrets to success? So one thing, um, you know, I mean, obviously there are no secrets, you know, everything, there's a lot of information out there on business on startups and everything. But what I would say is three things that if I want to share three nuggets, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the things is solving. One of the things that made the biggest difference was solving interesting problems, you know, to pick a problem that you want to solve um, that has the biggest impact and that it can create and, and, and try to resolve that problem. You know, think of problem as puzzle pieces and what puzzle pieces are currently solved by someone else and what puzzle pieces not being solved that you could fit in and, and solve and be the missing piece of the puzzle uh, and offer that to your ideal prospects. Um, and that could also help you in your why. You know, so when you talk about that, that's something that could help you build your why. The, the second is absolutely start with the who. You know, who do you want to target, uh, you know, the narrow your niche or you could even be huge that you have a a product for the masses. You want to reach the masses. So when you want to reach the masses, you know, you want to be able to create systems um, where it makes it easy for you to reach the masses and the masses to get what you have to offer without having to take up your time. Um, so that's uh, that's number two. And number three is absolutely focused on on your time on how you utilize your time throughout the day. Those are three key things because, you know, keeping an attention and looking at your goals. You know, I look at my long term goals several times in a day. I have it on my phone and I keep looking at it. And whenever I want to do something and ask, is this the right thing to do right now uh, that yields the highest result? Life is made of constant change, whether we like it or not. And many people say that the only constant in life is change. Bimal, how do you try to keep up with change? So change is absolutely essential. I change throughout the day. You know, change is very important and essential. But what I, the way I try to keep up with is, I, I believe I heard this from... Uh, gentleman Joe Vickery. Um, I'd listened to him one time and it's a simple 51% rule. Uh, if something is working 51% of the time, improve it and find ways to improve it. Uh, if something is not working that much, you know, change it means replace it, do something else because it's not going to happen. You know, you've tried many attempts and it, you can, you know, it didn't work out for you. So maybe there's a different way of doing the same thing or completely changing on how you approach it. Uh, so I, I look at everything, you know, what's working, what's not working. Uh, put it in these two buckets, say this is working, this is not working, uh, this is taking up too much time and we need to change this. And if you want to build a lean company uh, and, you know, with uh, a high output, um, then this is what you need to do and this is what you need to change. And and change is constant, you know, yeah. What, what do you learn from it? Um, how do you implement it? What does it do for you? You have to change. There is no... It's no substitution for change. What is your favorite book on entrepreneurialism, business, personal development, leadership or motivation? 
And can you tell us why you have chosen it? Uh, so there are several books I've read. The book that um, that I would say that you know is good is Emith Mastery. It's a big book. It's a very thick book. So I think it's 500 pages or more. But um, it lays out completely. You know, Gerber lays out completely from soup to nuts on every single component uh, in depth um, when it comes to culture, organization, leadership, mm-hmm. uh, structure, systems, processes, marketing, sales. And, um, you know, I also built a business scorecard um, in every single function of the business to discover the gaps in each function, because I believe that as soon as you say <clears throat> the word entrepreneur, disabilities, these are the seats you need you like it or not. And, and so I developed that, that, hey, even if you're a solopreneur, you're going to face these responsibilities. So how are you doing it? And then when you build a business, if you're taking all of these responsibilities yourself, there's a problem. So that's uh, that's the book that inspired. And I think it's a great book that everyone should read it. Folks, when you have a busy life, listening to audiobooks is a great way to expand your knowledge in the time when you may be doing other things, such as driving or when you are at the gym. We have a special offer for you of a free audiobook of your choosing. To choose your free audiobook, go to www.freeaudiobookoffer.com. As long as you've not already signed up, then you will qualify. Bimal, are you ready to speculate about the future? Nobody can predict the future. All I can say is um, the way you can predict your own future is to focus deep inside yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Be the rock that creates the waves be that rock that creates so many ripple effects. And the way you be that rock is you focus on your core elements, you know, your heart, mind, body, and soul, um, and, you know, your mind, uh, your outside sphere of influence that makes it. And, and, and see how you can make the outer circle your inner circle. And that helps the future. That helps you predict how you can impact the future and how mm-hmm. you can be the future that others want um, you to be of and, and become that future for others. What one thing would you do with your business if you knew that you could not fail? I don't believe that, you know, you failure is, you know, bad. And I have, I have a formula for failing successfully that I shared earlier. So mm-hmm. uh, failure is key to success. So, 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 you know, failure is essential. I mean, the, the, the success formula of failure is the other side of the coin. And, and you can't succeed in business without failing. Um, so I, I believe failure is absolutely essential, but you can successfully plan on how you approach failure and, 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 you know, I, I write down lessons I learn every day that, okay, what did I learn today? What did I, what do I need to start? What do I need to do more of every single day? So failing is absolutely uh, a 
a core essential or part of your business, but you'd never want to fail with an intent to fail mm-hmm. just because, you know, hey, failing is important. Failing is key to success. So let me just go out there and fail. Mm-hmm. No, you want to put some boundaries. You want to put some um, you know, definitions of how you're going to fail and what's that going to do for you. If you do fail, okay, you know, this fits in my system or formula that I set aside and then I'm going to use that and it will not hurt me as much and I'm going to learn from it and move on. What skill, if you were excellent at it, would help you the most to double your business? The fastest way to double your business, and and I tell many entrepreneurs, that if you want to grow 2x in 12 months, think 10x. Mm-hmm. What about for you? What would be a personal skill for you? So personal skill for me is to mindset um, thinking mm-hmm. and what, what one activity that I could do that I can do 10 times better or, you know, uh, easier than before and, and thinking uh, on an exponential level. Because once you take exponential steps, you, you grow much farther. And I don't call myself, so the skill, personal skill is, you know, I call myself as the chief exponential officer of mm-hmm. my company, not the CEO. Um, so as an exponential officer, what exponential activity are you or what exponential um, result are you focused on today as a skill set, you know, and, and doing that on a daily basis. In five years from now, if a well-known business publication was publishing an article on your business after talking to your customers and suppliers, what would you like it to say? So I would like it to say that they have brought meaningful transformation in the entrepreneur world. Um, And then I have lived up to my mission statement uh, of making pioneers out of entrepreneurs, you know, getting to a million entrepreneurs, uh, transforming their lives, being the only one which is very unique and the resources that I bring to the table. Um, And and then, you know, being extreme, like reaching that one million goal that I have helped a million entrepreneurs uh, bring meaningful transformation in their personal and business life. If I'm able to do that in five years, I've more than excelled uh, my goals. That's superb. Bimal, are you ready to speculate about the future? I don't speculate or predict the future that nobody can't predict the future. But what you can do is intelligently work towards the future and set your own path towards the future and always work your steps um, in two phases. One is how you're doing your best in the present, how you're making the best of your day. And whatever you're doing in your day, how is it impacting your future and the future of the people that you're trying to make a difference in? So I always ask that question every single day when we're working towards it. And that's how you can predict your future. I have achieved my goals. I have attained those goals because consistently every single day there's been a focus on where you would like your future to be. And that's how everybody can speculate and predict on their future if they're working towards it. You can't chase something that, uh, you know, is invisible uh, or and it's in, you know, that you don't know where you're going. But if you know where you want to go and if you work towards it, you will get there. What is your favorite quote and how have you applied it? 
So one of the favorite quotes that I have that got me into creating the business model, um, and that is by uh, Seth Godin, is solve interesting problems that others don't even want to dare solve it. So um, solving interesting problems, meaning that others aren't willing or able to solve. And, and one of the problems I wanted to solve is how can I get business owners? How can I work with business owners of my type and my kind and, and have grants and other resources pay for it? So how can I clients hire it, hire me? And then I get a grant to work with, um, work with them on the training. So that's a problem that I did solve. And, um, and that's an interesting thing I would say to all the entrepreneurs, when you're trying to, um, build a business, solve real interesting problems like Naveen Jain, he built a billion dollar business from, uh, you know, starting Wyoming, which is, you know, eliminating chronic illness, making chronic illness a choice not uh, a thing that would happen because a lot of people are dying of chronic illness. So he wanted to create a system. And because his father passed away from gastroenterology cancer, and because of that, he said, you know, I'm not going to let others feel the same because he felt helpless in his own situation. And he wanted to come up with a solution. And he came up with a real great solution on uh, through a testing phase, which he had now, and I think in the current COVID, which was initially when he started, it was $5,000. Now it's 500 and it's a billion dollar company. So that's, that's what I would say, you know, solve interesting problems that others aren't willing or able to solve. Do you have any favorite online resources you can share with us that will be useful for other entrepreneurs? So I, 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 I read a lot, you know, I read a lot of books. Um, I read, um, I, you know, also look at um, resources that help me. I mean, one of the things that I do try to research is on talent and hiring and recruiting and, um, you know, hiring the right people and bringing the right people in the right seats is always the, uh, a big thing for businesses. So I always look at conferences, uh, places that I can attend and learn more. Um, and I'm a more of a learn by doing guy. Um, so many a times what happens in my scenario, the opportunity comes through about because the clients present to me the problems that they face. And those are unique problems that they present to me, which I have to go out and find a way to solve that uniquely. Like, for example, there was one case in a, in a company, in a valet company, where we had to train blue collar workers and the traditional training you know, that you offer wouldn't work. So we had to create a jingle, a rap song where we would dance and, you know, dance to that song and, 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 and show them what things they should not be doing in their job that caused the company problems. So make it kind of a fun and exciting uh, way of training uh, the team. Um, so that's, you know, every, every challenge presents an opportunity and, and because I'm so involved with my clients, many of the things that I learn as an ongoing basis, uh, my clients teach me, you know, my, and, and then I have to Google and I have to find, and I have to look at resources. So sometimes it's conferences. There's no single website 
that um, I go to that to you know to share resources. But one of the things I have done is I've done ColbyA.com, which is my own profile um, that shows what are the strengths that I have. Um, and I'm a more of a system process person. You know, that's who I am. And that that Colby A index was very clear. And and anybody everybody should do that. It, they can take the take the take their own um, strengths profile at colby.com, uh, K-O-L-B-E.com. And it's a strengths profile test. It helps them discover their MO, their modus operandi. What is your best advice to other entrepreneurs? So the best advice that I can give to entrepreneurs, and it depends, you know, where they are in um, in their stage of their business. But the one thing that every entrepreneur should be focused on is you have to be different. You can't be doing the same thing that your competitors do. You have to be unique and you have to become the only one. The Every day you should strive how can I be the only one in the business that I'm doing? How can I become the only one? Whichever way it is, you should be striving for that. You should be asking that question to yourself every single day. How can I be the only one that they can come to? And once you come bring that to a conclusion, once you build that, you know, you, you dominate, you know, you, you become the source, you become the force, uh, you become everything that others want uh, you to be. So, and, and you eliminate the competition as well. So you definitely, yeah, that's the one key thing that become the only one, become unique and become different from everyone else. Folks, if you didn't manage to get a note of Bimal's favorite resource or his favorite books, you can find the links on Bimal's show notes page. Just go to the entrepreneurway.com and search for Bimal or Bimal Shah in the search box. Bimal, is there anything else you would like to add about your business? So I would just like to share one little thing that business is not easy. Um, you have to work hard. There is no substitute for hard work, but one of the things that has helped me um, is work hard, smart, and fast. You have to work hard, you have to work smart, and you have to work fast. Um, you know, if things are taking too long, you have to understand it's a journey worth it for the end result. And if it is, continue on that. If not, um, you have to define that. So those three things I would say to every entrepreneur, work hard, work smart, work fast. Well, thank you for that, Bimal. And Bimal, thank you, thank you for coming on the show today and telling us about your journey as an entrepreneur and how you've got to this point on that journey. As we've talked, you've thought back on that journey and you've shared some of your thoughts about what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur. You've shared some of your experiences with us and you've also given us some great tips as well. So thank you very much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Neil. I thank you very much for the opportunity. And hopefully some of these things help other entrepreneurs become pioneers. That's what I live for. That's what I die for. So making pioneers out of entrepreneurs. Bimal, you're very welcome. And thank you. And I've certainly got a lot of value out of today's episode. So thank you. Folks, you have been listening to Neil Ball chatting with Bimal Shah on The Entrepreneur Way. If you have enjoyed the show, please share it on social media and subscribe to our email on the Entrepreneur Way website. 
Also, please add your comments on Bimal's show notes page on the Entrepreneur Way website at www.theentrepreneurway.com and search for Bimal Shah in the search box. Thank you for listening. And until the next episode tomorrow, goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Entrepreneur Way. Subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter at Neil D. Ball.